Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla and we're directionally challenged. Yeah, we totally thought we'd have everything figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But we don't. <laughs> Jokes on Jokes us. Jokes on us. We don't. But we are going to stop and ask for directions from Dr. Judy Ho. Yes, she has written a book called Stop Self-Sabotage, Six Steps to Unlock Your True Motivation, Harness Your Willpower and Get Out of Your Own Way. And she's a pretty impressive woman to take advice from because she's a triple board certified clinical forensic and neuropsychologist psychologist with a PhD in clinical psychology and extensive experience working with her clients of all ages struggling with a variety of challenges and issues. She's also been on CBS's Face the Truth with Vivica A. Fox and she's a professor at Pepperdine University. Oh my God, I'm exhausted just I from mean, reading that. say all that five times fast. <laughs> you almost did. <laughs> I know. She She's really a wonderful, wonderful psychologist. She has tons of wonderful advice to give us. I mean, if we're going to stop and ask for directions from anyone, it should be her. So, Basically, her entire thing is about self-sabotage, which I genuinely feel like I do more often than not, especially after reading her book. Is there any 
point in your like even this week, is there something little that you've done to self-sabotage? Do you feel like that's something that you do? Absolutely. I mean, self- what are examples? So what do you do? for me, it's thought based. I a lot of my thoughts are not necessarily going to propel me in the right direction. Like what? Like every scenario, if I do something positive, I'll kind of try and find the negative in it. So if someone says, hey, you did a great job today. You did a great podcast. I'll go, yeah, it was good, except I did this and I didn't do this and I wish I could have done this better. And and so I focus on that more than the the positivity of someone trying to give me a compliment. And they were literally just trying to give me a compliment and I spiral out of control. And so that is part of self-sabotage. Do you feel that it has something to do with you thinking you don't deserve the compliment? Probably. I also just think my I've trained my brain to think that way. And so that's something that I really want to try and change. How about you? Do you self-sabotage yourself? Yeah. I mean, we've we've, um, even just we were catching up last week and you know, I had something that I was really excited about happen. I had like a really great meeting that I was excited about. And by the time I talked to you about it, you're sitting there saying, you know, saying this this is great. And I'm like, yeah, well, let me tell you the reasons why it's probably not going to work out. And, and I don't know why I think that's like taking a bite of humble pie when it's not, it's really just rooted in doubt and fear and self-sabotage. And it's, and I would never talk to a friend that way. And I don't want to continue to talk about myself that way. But I also have a lot of my own habits that I keep saying I'm going to kind of fix and, you know, maybe not. I think when I have a goal for myself, I immediately, as a mom, sometimes kind of use like family activities that I'm doing air quotes need (laughs) to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of kind of making sure that I have time to, to, fulfill my self-care or my needs or work towards my goals because I think I'm scared of them. Like if if I'm just throwing out an example of like sitting down, okay, if I want to, I want to write this thing. We had Catherine Powell who was on um, our podcast last season. She has a magazine called Naked. They just released their hundredth episode or their hundredth issue. And it's the final issue. And she asked everyone who'd been on the cover to write a piece for it. I put it off till the night before. Like I just put it off and put it off, put it off because I was just scared. Like, well, it's probably not going to be that interesting or I'm just going to wait until I like get the bug and the creative juices going. And every day would be on my list of things to do. And I would make up all these excuses on why I shouldn't do it because the reality is as I was scared, it mm-hmm. felt vulnerable to write something that I knew someone might read. And you're worried it's not good and enough. It's, I'm worried it's not good enough. It's not witty enough. It's not interesting enough. And so before I even actually sit down to do it, I'm telling myself all the reasons why it's just not going to be good. Yeah, that sounds like self-sabotage. And that is self-sabotage. <laughs> and f- till finally, it's like the night before. And she's like, I need it now. And I just like did some free writing and just sent it in. And, and then afterwards, do you regret the way you did it? I regret the way that I did it because it also, it was fine. Like it was absolutely fine. And I, I absolutely think I do that sometimes with, um, with opportunities where instead of just kind of dedicating time for myself, you know, it's like, why not make that a Postmates night? Why do I have to then mm. go to the grocery store to cook this like four course meal? For- I'll tell you why, because there's pressure to do it all. And that's why we self-sabotage. And this is why we need to sit down with Dr. Judy Ho and have this conversation because she has so many tips and tricks for us. So guys, guess who's coming up next? <laughs> Stay tuned. We have a great conversation with Dr. Judy Ho. Guys, we are here with Dr. Judy Ho. We are so grateful 
grateful as she takes a giant sip of water to stay hydrated. <laughs> just getting ready. Because we have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> I'm getting ready. <laughs> we were just talking about uh, the experience of writing your book. And I love that you just said that you had a 10-month window and you didn't want to self-sabotage. <laughs> yes, that would be very that off-brand if I self-sabotage my own book writing. <laughs> so 10 yes. months, that's a short amount of time. Yeah. That stress level must have been high. Yeah, it was. And I think, luckily, I had all of these notes from my program that I had worked. But, but you know, to put pen to paper is still hard. Mm-hmm. And to make it engaging and to make it practical at the same time, because for me, it was really important that I translate the science so that everybody can consume it. Like, that's always been my mission. And um, I think that it's it's difficult because a lot of people will look at studies and they'll think, this is boring. I don't want to think about it. But at the same time, they also still want science-based information. So like, how do we kind of resolve that conflict? And so that that's really what my book is about. It's like, it's rooted in science, but it's written in a way that hopefully appeals to people who just, you know, kind of want a casual read, but they also are interested in self-development. And want to do the work. Yes. Yes. There's um, no magic bullet. I'm no, sorry. Did no, we just ruin it? No. But yeah, there's no magic pill. <laughs> what, what made you want to write about self-sabotage? Is this something that kept coming up with clients that you worked with as a psychologist? Did you see this as an overall or just a theme of what's kind of going on? Well, I think that self-sabotage is universal. I think that it's actually rooted in our biology and our evolution to self-sabotage from time to time. But some people just kind of get caught in a cycle of it. And it gets to the point where they're just not making progress in an area of their life. And I find that self-sabotage impacts everybody to some degree. But for people who find that it's a pattern of a problem, that it's not that their whole life is a mess. It's that one or two areas of their life they're struggling to get to the next level. But actually, for example, they could be amazing at their career. They could have a great home life, but what's up with the health and diet? Like they just can't dial that in, you know? So it's always like one or two minor areas. And it's not just my patients, it's my family members, it's my friends, it's my colleagues, like everybody admits to it. They use that terminology, I'm sabotaging or I'm self-sabotaging, and then nobody does anything about it. And that's why I wanted to write this book. What I love so much about your book is how interactive it is and you have quizzes and all these great things. Um, Now you have six steps that we can do to then, I guess, become less of a self-sabotager. Can you take us through some of those steps? Yeah, totally. So, you know, for me, I think realizing that it's rooted in our biology was step number one, even though it's not called step number one in my book. I think that that's just kind of the beginning of how we take this journey. And really, it's biologically rooted because human beings all only have two drives and it's to attain rewards and to avoid threat. I mean, that's how we survive as individuals and as a species. But sometimes we start to overemphasize avoiding threat. Um, It could be our own experiences. It could be our personality traits. But whatever the case may be, sometimes we end up overemphasizing avoiding threat. And now threat is not the saber-toothed tiger. Threat is, what if somebody rejects me if I ask them on a date? What if I go for this job and people laugh at me? What if I speak in public and nobody listens to my message? Like, There's all of these fears that end up holding us back. And over time, that fear is what takes over. You know, Basically, we start to avoid any kind of negative emotion. And a huge thing that I tell people all the time is like, if your goal doesn't scare you a little bit, then like it wasn't a worthwhile goal, probably, you know, but I, I do think that we sometimes get, get scared, you know, whatever the, the fear might be. It could be rejection. It could be a lot of different. So it's innately in us to self-sabotage. Why yeah. do we do it? Do you think it's a different element of self-sabotage living in 2019 beat with social media and 
everyone kind of putting all their lives and their mm. goals out online and in front of everybody. It's like before you could kind of reach for your dreams, but you're just yeah. kind of around the people that you're around. And now yeah. it's like every, it feels like everyone's watching. Yeah. No matter where you are, it's like you can still look up friends of yours from high school and see what they're doing and compare yourself to them. It's like a never ending 10 year high school reunion. It's so true. I feel like it's just such a comparison all the time to other people's highlight reels. You know, it's constantly sort of like their highlights of their lives and you're thinking all the ways in which you don't measure up. And Kayla, to your question of like why we do it. Well, I don't think it's always conscious, but I do think that certain things make us predisposed to do it more so than others. And so I made this acronym called LIFE that explains like the underlying drivers of our self-sabotage. And they range from low or shaky self-concept in an area of life to like internalized beliefs we learned as a child to fear of the unknown or change and then finally excessive need for control and I find that almost everybody I talk to or worked with directly they will say that either one of those factors resonates with them or like several but either way that those are like the underlying drivers of their self-sabotage that they didn't even recognize until now. So for our listeners, there's an interactive quiz you take in her book um, about this LIFE acronym, and it tells you which one you, you know, which one or a few you mm-hmm. can relate to most. I, I, I took your thing and I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought I knew what I would end up being and I yeah. was completely wrong, uh-huh. um, which I guess sometimes happens. Yeah. And um, what's so nice about it is now knowing that, okay, this is the area I need to work on, which was low, shaky self-concept. Mm. Um I then can read your the rest of your book through that lens, which mm-hmm. I think makes such a more personalized experience. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for taking the quiz, too. And I think that sometimes people are surprised by it. They think, oh, I don't have a problem with control. And then they end yeah. up like scoring the highest on that. I'm like, the people who say they don't have a problem with control, like actually say that and like tell people that are usually the people who have <laughs> yeah. the biggest problems with control, right? Which I thought I would have been the one with the problem with control. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I actually, I, for all of mine, I, I scored aces on fear of change or the unknown. Oh, that oh. was my number one. Yes, which so I also found very interesting. That's not what I would have expected. Also, yeah. too, with if you add in our lifestyle of an actor, all we do is not know what's next. So you constantly mm. live a life filled so with I that. So I live in fear. <laughs> all the time. It explains so much, you guys. <laughs> right? Well, and there's always probably a part of you that's like trying to struggle with that, right? It's like maybe that is the fear, but then you keep trying to overcome it. So then you choose a profession in which like you don't have actually a, a clear-cut path. Yes, which I would think was would then be my... My, I thought it was stemming from needing to control everything. And instead, it's just like this underlying, like, I don't know what the result is going to be. So then I'm just kind of fearful of, um, the action and what's going on in the moment in the chaos. It's really exposing to go through it too because you think you know yourself and I I don't know this is why we started this podcast to try and understand ourselves better so you would think by now maybe we'd know ourselves a little more but it's still that you have done such a good job of making all the questions universal and then having us realize what we need to work on. Yeah well thank you yeah and I think it is it is scary to kind of take the assessment because you're like "Uh, do I really want to know this about myself (laughs) like sometimes yeah but again I tell everybody like if you're interested in self-development at all like it's not always going to be roses like sometimes you find out stuff you're like oh I really did not like that but that's cool because that discomfort as human beings like makes us want to move forward like because we don't like that discomfort we don't like it when like our words don't match our, match our actions or our actions don't match our thinking and so like when we have that kind of dissonance like we're driven to change and so I think that's really like the catalyst for changes when you have that like little discomfort you're like oh I didn't like that but now there's a motivation to do something different. 
Well, I love the motivation of the exercises that you have, especially in, in step two, which is deactivate your triggers and reset the thermostat. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you're phoning a friend exercise. Is yeah. this something that you'd adopted in your own life for a while? Or Oh, definitely. I mean, so I am a cognitive behavioral therapist, which is somebody who, you know, uses skills as a way to sort of teach people tools so that they can become their own therapist. That's really kind of the general gist of what we do. And so another big part of what we do is that we have to always do the work ourselves. Like there's no sort of like you're sitting in an ivory tower. You think that somehow you're more developed than the next person. No, it's like you're on the same level with your client and you have to say things like, well, look, I tried this. It worked for me. I tried this. It didn't work for me. Here are my struggles, et cetera. So to answer your question, Candice, yeah, I've done all of the exercises. I think phoning a friend is great. Um, Sometimes I I don't want to bother people. Like I have to fight that. Sometimes I don't want to ask people for advice or Um, you know, bother them with my problems. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to do that. But at the same time, sometimes it brings you so much of a better perspective. Mm -hmm. And you learn more about the situation. Like sometimes I'll be so hard headed, like I already see something a certain way. And I'll be like, all charged up about it. And then I'll call my sister and I'll be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm so pissed about this. And she's like, have you thought about like this other angle that maybe this person's motivation was not to make you angry, but like maybe this was where they were coming from? Like, oh snap like I (laughs) did not think about that I was like already I was like yeah I'm gonna like totally tell her off you know and she's like no I think I think there might be another explanation for it so I think it's helpful it's really helpful have you also gotten really good at being your own friend in a lot of those situations of trying to I feel like that's something do you think that's something that women are a little bit better at not to generalize like the man the -hmm. male female stereotype but that women can kind of maybe see other perspectives or kind of be thinking about multiple things at once and are better multitaskers. Do you think that is better for women to process feelings and talk themselves down? Totally. I mean, again, strengths and weaknesses with both sexes, but like generally we know that women tend to be better with like multitasking where men are better with compartmentalization. And also women tend to be more empathic, whereas men are more task focused. And doesn't mean that the average man can't be empathic, like, but that that's not necessarily like a social construct that they were learning when they were younger. People don't necessarily encourage that. You know, when you even think about like how people play with boys versus girls, you know, with girls, there's a lot more relational toys. And with boys, there's a lot more task oriented toys, right? Like play with this truck versus like play with like this tea set. It's like the tea set is relational. Like, yes, there's objects, but really it's about like how you relate to the person you're serving the tea with. Right. And so, yeah, I think women in general, like they're a little bit more open to like talking about these things and like talking about their feelings and describing them as feelings. Whereas men, when they talk about their feelings, what they're actually sometimes talking about is thoughts. Like they're talking about thinking like thought patterns versus their actual feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So step three, I really loved. I really related to it. It's called release the rut. Yeah. And it's how fear based we are in making our decisions. Yeah. And I I relate to that a lot. Can you help help us with that one? Yeah, totally. So, you know, we are uh, creatures of habit. We just are. And um, I don't know the last time I brushed my teeth with like the opposite hand, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like most of us, I mean, we just like pick up on a thing and we just kind of do it. We just get very routine about it. And and sometimes even our fear-based behaviors become routine too, so they feel normal to us and we don't even realize that it's like a fear-based behavior anymore. So this whole idea about releasing a rut is like really understanding everybody's own ABCs. So the ABCs stand for A is antecedent, which is like the thing that happen before you self-sabotage. B is a behavior. So that is like your indication of self-sabotage. And C is a consequence of that self-sabotage. And oftentimes the consequence or the outcome is what ends up holding us back and repeating that cycle because sometimes the consequences as 
sometimes negative as they are and they're not moving you forward, those consequences also like quell a certain part of you that might have been nervous or fearful. Like you get that kind of release. Like, whew. so like one example of this would be somebody who has social anxiety and like they don't go to a party, even though they had been planning they had the RSVP and the night of they're like, no, I can't do it because they keep thinking about how they're going to be at the party and have no one to talk to. And like people might ignore them, like all these fears. So then they like call in sick. They like call up the host like, so sorry, I have a tummy ache, whatever. And then the host like, so sorry, you feel better. She's like, okay. And then so they don't go. Well, the first thing that happens when you hang up that phone, though, is that there's like a sense of relief. Like, oh, good. Now I don't have to go to this party. And like that is reinforcing the next time because the next time you can look forward to like that relief, even though what you're doing is not bringing you forward in terms of like making better social connections. I've totally done that before <laughs> numerous times. It's it's hard. Social anxiety is a real thing. And yeah, it's it hard. is. We don't and realize that. You do feel relief when you're like, oh, I don't have to go anymore. But yeah. then this thing sets in a few hours later where you feel like, oh, I should be there. And then there's a oh, whole nother the negative self-talk. Of, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then yeah. you're caught up in like the, the workload. Like if I think that there's something I'm really excited about, but I'm also feeling nervous about um, whether it's a big audition or something that I've been working on and presenting it to someone, I think then I'll just put it off in ways to be like, you know what, I, I, I really need to um, now I need to reorganize this kitchen real quick. And now I need um, to um, I need to make sure that there's a, th- you know, four course meal cooked for the family. <laughs> and instead of just making that time ahead of time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm kicking myself at like 1030 at night when everyone's finally in bed being like, I've just completely self-sabotaged my time for myself to to do what I know that I needed to do yeah. because I've been putting it off. There was no other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another thing that I think a lot of people self-sabotage is their self-care. And I've been talking a lot to all different kinds of like organizations and professionals about it. Like you just don't leave enough time for yourself. Like you you think that there's too many hours in a day and there aren't. And then everybody else's priorities are more important than your own. And I think that that's like a common thing that people are doing these days. And for some reason, self-care got like a very bad rap. Like people think of it as being selfish or something. But if you're not taking care of yourself, like how can you do all the things that you need to do? Like how can you reach your goals and how can you take care of the people in your life? I mean, that whole um, analogy of like when you're on a plane and they say like put your oxygen mask on before you know, putting on a child's or assisting somebody else. Like, that's so true. Like, that applies to this. It's like, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of all of the things in your life. Well, and you might be able to get it done, but it won't be in the most efficient way or the best way possible. Yeah, and you'll just be exhausted at the end. But that's what, okay, so then that's why I like your step four, which is replacement, Mm -hmm. not repetition. Because we Mm -hmm. do, we get stuck in these same repetitive ways of living Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily beneficial for us. So replacement, you teach us how to replace with better feeling thoughts and better um explain that to our listeners a little bit yeah so this technique that i talk about a lot in this step and there's several other ones but like the main one i talk about is this technique called implementation intentions and that is just a fancy way actually of saying a very practical technique which is basically making a bunch of if thens and so when and this has been used by like Fortune 500 CEOs and also like elite athletes to like figure out like where they get stuck and like get after that, like and really kind of change their pattern. And so the if comes from the types of places or situations where you think your self-sabotage might be occurring. And then the then is like your replacement. And so, for example, if somebody always finds that when they get home at night, no matter how good they were with their diet all day long, like they get home and they just like binge on a bunch of bad snacks. And they're like, I want to, qu- I want to quit that. I want to stop that. What am I doing? So the first thing is like identifying the situations in which it prompts them to do that. So is it that they're like home alone? Is it that like 
whenever they're watching a scary movie, like that's when they especially want to eat. Or like, is it because they're anxious or emotional? And that's when they reach for the food. And then you basically set these up. Like if I get home after 10 p.m., which is like a trigger point for them to like snack, then I'm going to work on a jigsaw puzzle instead. Or like, you know, you kind of build these out ahead of time before you get to the situation. Because once you're in the situation, you're already emotional. You're already frustrated. At the end of the day, most of our patients are wearing really thin. So like our own self-regulatory capabilities aren't as strong either. Um, And so kind of making these uh, um, all written out in advance. And then the replacement behavior always has to be something that like gets in the way of your actual problem behavior. So when people say things like, oh, when I feel like snacking, I'll just watch Netflix. I'm like, no, because that's like the worst time. Like that's when I eat all my unhealthy foods. It's like, yes, like Netflix, right? So no, like that would be the worst. So you have to do something different, like clean a small area of your house, like fold some laundry, like things that keep your hands or chew gum, like whatever it is to like, actually get in the way of you doing your problem behavior. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix 
My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. Describe your style in one word, simple, sophisticated, adventurous. However you dress, the stylists at Stitch Fix can help you find your new favorite piece. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. First, you complete a style profile, then an expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked box of items based on your preferences. They have solutions for women, men, and kids all over the U.S., and now the U.K. With no subscription required, you can pick between automatic shipments or only getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. I just love the idea of having it readily available, sent to you at your door, and it's something a stylist picked out for you. I mean, this is something everyone can use. I feel very lucky to say that I've been able to work with a professional stylist before, and I always think in that situation, it'd be so nice to have this for every single day. Well, and Stitch Fix makes that possible. There you go. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash challenged and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash challenged for an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. Stitchfix.com dot com slash challenged support for today's show comes from bare minerals creators of clean beauty purity and formulation and uncompromising performance have always been the guiding principles of bare minerals because they believe that makeup and skincare should make your skin better not just better looking this has been the bare minerals philosophy since they began the clean beauty revolution in 1995 with their best-selling original foundation which offers creamy lightweight buildable coverage that's naturally luminous the clean formula is made with only five good for skin ingredients all minerals including non-chemical SPF protection. Makeup so pure you can sleep in it. And it actually improves your skin over time. It's everything your skin needs and nothing it doesn't. For Bare Minerals to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance. Like every Bare Minerals product, it's 100% cruelty-free. Better yet, both the original and matte loose powder foundations are available in 30 shades. Upgrade to clean beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. First time customers will get 15% off when you use the promo code CHALLENGED. That's bareminerals.com promo code CHALLENGED for 15% off your first purchase. Bare Minerals, the power of good.
Native creates safe, simple, effective products that people use every day. Their products are filled with trusted ingredients, and their natural deodorant is no different. Native deodorant is formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc, and with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. It comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women, plus they release new limited-edition seasonal scents throughout the year. Their classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. And for those with sensitivities, Native has an unscented formula and a baking soda-free formula too. Making the switch to a natural deodorant does not mean having to sacrifice on odor and wetness protection. Native is proof. There's a reason why it has over 8,000 five-star reviews. There's also no risk to try it. Native offers free shipping and free returns and exchanges in the U.S. I really love the eucalyptus and mint scent. I, it smells so good. I love their coconut and vanilla deodorant. Ooh. It smells so good. It keeps me fresh all day. And I also feel like I'm on vacation. Also, the packaging is super cute. It's beautiful. Who knew deodorant could look so cute on your shelf? For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code CHALLENGED during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com promo code CHALLENGED for 20% off your first purchase. we're back. I noticed throughout your entire book, something that came up a lot was journaling. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of your exercises involve writing down a lot of thoughts and feelings and examining your patterns and behavior and, and putting pen to paper. Is that something that you've grown up doing? Is that something you've done more recently? No, I hate journaling. <laughs> but I know that it works. And um, I've been shown that it works. There's science that shows that it works, examples that shows that it works. And I think everybody has a different sort of mindset with journaling. Some people are like, I love journaling. And other people like I used to start diaries as a kid, and I would just like, never finish them. I like write two entries and be like, Oh, well, like, I have all these like thrown about <laughs> diaries around like my mom's basement. And my parents are like, Are you ever going to pick these up? I'm like, there's nothing in them. You know, <laughs> just like pages and pages of blank stuff. But I think what happens when we write something down, as it becomes real. And um, all of us can do the journaling exercises, but you don't have to become this like master writer. It's really about the pen to paper process really slows down your thinking because there could be millions of thoughts in our heads. And in fact, studies have shown that the average person has about 50,000 thoughts a day. Clearly, we're not processing all of them. But when you write it down, think about how quickly you can write and think about how quickly you can handwrite. I mean, it's slower than typing. It slows down your thought process, really causes you to examine things. And also problems that feel too big in our heads because it's really amorphous and don't really have a shape. When you write it down, it's concrete, it's physical. And anything that's physical always has a boundary. Like even the Grand Canyon has a beginning and an end. And so when you know that, like the problem feels like it's much more tangible and like able to be tackled Whereas in your head, it can just kind of go on for days or even years and you can feel like maybe you'll never reach a solution. I like that Grand Canyon visualization. That really helps. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I've found that um, I'm like you with journaling as well, where I'll be very committed, very committed for about a a week or two. And then afterwards, it just falls off. Um, But I I do think you're right. There's something different about writing, handwriting it than putting it on your computer. And as Mm -hmm. I was reading your book, I'm taking notes on my computer thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I should probably be handwriting this because Mm -hmm. it'll sink in more. Um, But that's one thing I love about your book is you actually provide spaces for people in the quizzes and stuff. And I found myself like circling things and underlining. It's so much of an interactive experience. And you're right. It does really seep in. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And there's so many studies, too, that in terms of like how people learn that like 
you know, college students, grad students, like when they're even taking a formal class that even though they're writing less things down as opposed to typing, because everyone's like, no, I have to type all the notes. I have to remember what the professor says. But actually, in general, people do better when they do handwritten notes, even though, of course, they write less, but they just remember more. So they actually end up doing better on the test. It's crazy. So I didn't even believe it until I reflected back on my own experiences. Like, you know, as an undergraduate, it was all writing, you know, and then as a grad student, people were starting to transition to computer. And like, I was just remembering how I felt like I was typing forever and I was like exhausted. And then I would still have to go back and like review what I typed because I didn't remember Mm. as much as when I was writing. Sometimes I didn't even have to go back and review because I still remember it. It was like very, very clear in my head and I didn't have to go back and study those pages. Wow, that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I like because I've always I feel like something that gets told a lot is make sure you write down your goals. But what I appreciated as we entered into step five is that you opened up the discussion for writing down your values and having finding the parallels between your values and your goals. Um, Step five is a value a day keeps self-sabotage away, which (laughs) I love. Um, (laughs) What made you want to kind of reexamine our values and what is that? How does that relate to then the goals that we set for ourselves? Well, I feel like we've become such a goal-driven society, which is not a bad thing, but like everybody's got a goal. Everybody's got a bucket list. Everybody's got their new year resolutions. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but sometimes, and a lot of people will tell me this, that like they'll reach a goal and then it feels kind of empty after like, huh, what now? And I think that's a clue that your goals weren't aligned with your values, that perhaps you just made a goal because it sounded cool or like your friend was doing it or you think that's what your family wants from you, but you didn't think about how it relates to the things that you want to stand for as a person. I mean, we're all here for such a brief period of time. So how do you want to be remembered? Like, what do you want, like people to say about you, you know, when they say, wow, like I remember so-and-so and and this is what she was like. And I think if your values are the the primary drivers and then your goals support those values, then that's when you're going to have that everlasting motivation. That's when you're going to really have the drive to continue to work hard, even when things get tough. And one example I give all the time is like, let's say somebody has the value of honesty. Like it's just something that's really important for them. So values are not like goals. It can't be checked off. Like they're things that you kind of want to pursue throughout life and during your living days. So if one of your values was honesty, like do you think that's an easy road? No, like, because not everybody wants to hear the truth. Um, But you will still try to be that honest person with integrity because you're like, no, but this is important to me. So even though this will be a hard conversation to have with my boss or my friend, like, I got to do it. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, so I think that also gets into this whole conversation of like what happiness really is. Like, we all think happiness is like the absence of negative emotion. It's not our fault. It's like how society has taught us happiness is like I love those antidepressant commercials where people take an antidepressant they're like skipping across the lawn and like they're (laughs) dancing like and I'm like dude that's not how it works like you know like but I think it's just that image of like and now your problems will go away it's always with like tampons or depression meds it's like people always want to dance on their period or when they're like coming out of depression I just wonder like it's like who's making these commercials like are they women and are they people who suffer from depression I feel like it's like they're so not clued in right but (laughs) I just want to see everyone skipping in the audition room to like 
nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, just act like you're ecstatic yeah, about exactly. your tampons. I yes. know. It's so crazy. Um, but but I do think that, that that also is sort of the struggle with like understanding values. Like values are not going to make you happy all the time. Like they're they're tough. Like, you know, if you really care about a certain value, like the the it's not going to be all the absence of negative emotion, but it's this idea of a different kind of happiness, which scientists call eudaimonic happiness, which is sort of like the happiness that comes from like living a life while lived. Like you stood for your values. You can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the night and be happy with what you did, even if like your goals weren't like reached today, you know? And that I think is really powerful. Like just understanding happiness in a different way. Like it choose, like the pursuit of happiness really changes when you understand that. It feels like goals feel very externalized in society right now. But yeah, what you're saying, um, just going back to your values, that's a very internalized thing. Yeah. Like like strengthening your internal compass, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I wrote in all caps, when we honor our values, our self-esteem naturally strengthens. Because yes. my whole thing when I took your test was that the self-esteem was lacking in the self-concept. So, okay, honor your values. Get to know what your values are and honor those. And then it naturally rises. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's so many of us, and again, it's not our faults. And, and certainly with certain professions, like you have to care more about what other people think than maybe some other professions. But at the same time, like then your self-concept is like pulled in so many different directions every day. It's like if somebody says something great about you, then like, oh, it's awesome. And then like somebody gives you like a small criticism. You're like, no, like I feel so bad. Well, if you know that every action that you took was in accordance with your values, like even with all of these external things, like ups and downs, like you don't feel as up and down, like you feel a little bit more stable. And I think that's the point. Love that. Thank you. (laughs) And then for the final step, for step six, it's create a blueprint for change. And I've heard them more described as like vision boards, but you Mm -hmm. essentially want to accumulate all this information that um, the readers learned about themselves and apply it to this last chapter. Yeah. And actually, um, I one day I want to write an op-ed about like why vision boards don't work. Because (laughs) (laughs) there were were paragraphs in there about it. And it it resonated with me because I can't even tell you how many vision boards I've done and they're inspiring. Yeah. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it you it helps you accomplish it. Yes. So yes. they are inspiring and visual tools are amazing. And so I can't say like that vision boards are all bad, but it's more just like the execution, right? So like you got the visualization, it's awesome. It, like you get to put like your your positive images on this on this uh, sheet of paper or on this poster, but then there's like no point A to point B. Like how do you get from point A to point B? And so the blueprint for change is different because like a blueprint of a house, anybody who looks at it will be like, oh, okay, so the bathroom goes there and this is what it measures and here's where the door is, right? And this is how I build this house. And that's really the idea of the blueprint for change is like not only are you putting the positive images there, you're making sure that all of the steps to take to change your behavior are also on that same paper and you're making sure that your values are feeding into your goals and that that's really at the top of the blueprint and so that you're always sort of centered on that. And so the idea is that it is sort of like your kind of toolkit at a glimpse. You know, you can just look at it and be like, oh, I know what I need to do. I know what's driving me today. Like, and I know how to get there. Here are my if-thens. Like everything's written up. So that last step is really sort of adding everything together and like putting it all together in a visual tool that you can reference. And I love how it, you can, you, you tell us to pick a specific element every day to, mm-hmm. um, focus on and then also to make it interactive where once something's done just you can add more to it you can always add more to your blueprint as needed yeah. so it's not just you finish it and it's done yeah no then you can just you know what cut paste on top of yeah it's like new a dynamic goals, new, yeah yeah it's a dynamic blueprint and it always changes depending on what you want to do and so yeah it's not like a use it once and like throw it away it's like let's keep 
recycling it and putting new things on it. And it's setting you up with with attainable goals. Mm-hmm. That's what I, it actually gives you that like, no, 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 I can. It's it's steps. It's little steps as opposed to like, here's this one big thing in yeah. five years. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll accomplish. Yeah. I think that that's what that's where probably people go wrong when they think about goals, too, is that like, of course, it's awesome to have big goals. You should have huge, huge goals. But you also need like the medium and small goals. And sometimes people have like the big goals and like they don't fill in the rest. And it's like, let's fill in the other steps of the ladder. Like, so that's Mm. the top. But like what what's what's wrong one? What's wrong two? What's wrong three? Right. To get you there. And also that feels, I think for many people, like much more achievable and you end up doing more as a result. So there was this really cool study. It was with fourth uh, fourth grade students and they were doing math and like who likes math in fourth grade? I mean, maybe some people, but most people do not like math. And there were two groups of students that were given different goals. So like one group of students, they just told them... Um, try to do 50 pages or whatever, like set a goal like that. And then to the other group of students are like, try to do five pages each day over 10 days. So it would, it's actually the same goal because it's a, it's 50 pages total. But they found that when they instructed the kids to do five pages a day, that they actually reached the 50 much quicker. And that sometimes they went above and beyond that. Whereas like when you told someone just do 50 pages, like they just didn't, they didn't even get to 20 or 30. And so I think that just shows you like how our mind works. Like we need to feel like every day we're checking off something that's tangible, even if your goal that's farther is really big. It just makes more sense for all of us to like have the smaller ones in between too. Are you a list person? I like lists. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you write them out or do you just kind of list them on your phone and then I write them out. Again, I've good. tried all different kinds of methods. I don't know what works for you guys, but like I've tried like you know, all of the to-doists or like whatever, like those apps that it'll be on your phone. And then I've tried like the big calendars that you like put on your desk. And really the best thing that works for me is just like a simple notebook and like dots for my lists. Yeah. My dad's a heart surgeon and he still writes out his to-do list it's every so day. so gratifying to cross them out too. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes, will you guys have already accomplished something that you forgot to put on your list and write it on your list Just so, so you then can... you can cross oh, it Oh yeah, I, I do, do that. that. I love it. Oh my God, I feel so much better about myself <laughs> yeah, when I do totally. that. <laughs> totally, I love it. Well, one thing that struck me so much about your book is that you really get as much out of it as you want. It really Mm -hmm. is up to you. So if you want to put all the work in and do all the exercises and everything, you can completely transform. If you want to do a few things, you can learn a lot still. But it really is kind of a um, lesson in life. You get you get as much as you give. Yeah. Well, thank you for pointing that out, because sometimes people will be like, well, you know, I'll do a couple of the exercises and see how it goes. I'm like, that's totally up to you. But if you don't do all the exercises, you're not going to get the maximum benefit. And that's also up to you, you know, so it's true. And I think you're right. It is a reflection on life of like nothing that's great is going to come easy. So if you're hoping for like bigger transformations, you got to do the hard work. There is just no magic pill. Like I know that sometimes we we want that like because we are such a again, a goal driven society and we want fast results and everything's so quick these days Like you can get fast results. I don't even remember well, when I was a teenager before like before when AOL first emerged. Oh, yeah. And you had to like <laughs> dial in with the modem and like all of this stuff. And like it just took forever to get information. I had to like we had we bought encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because that was important. Like, we didn't have Wikipedia. So we like went and got the physical encyclopedia from the library and we're like looked up them by letter. And now like everything is at our fingertips that we almost feel like everything should be that way. But I just think that to try to change like your perspective on life and how you relate to people and how you work with goals, like it's just not going to be like a Wikipedia. It's, you just can't get that answer right away and be able to change, you know? Writing a book like this, is there anything that surprised you? I mean, I know you'd already done so much research on this subject and self-sabotage throughout your career, I'm sure, as a psychologist. But is there 
anything that you learned that was new to you during the process? Oh, definitely. I mean, it was a self-development process for me. You know, I think I had a lot of thoughts holding myself back. Like, even though I had this knowledge and I had this program, like there was still part of me that's like, I don't know if anybody cares about what I'm doing or like, I don't even, I don't even know if I have anything that crucial to say. Like, what if like the book comes out and like people are like, this is a load of crap, you know? So I had some, you know, limiting well, thoughts human. like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. And and hopefully not a narcissist, right? Like everybody <laughs> wants to read my book. No, I didn't. I definitely felt the opposite of that. Um, but But what I learned was that like, you know, if you really believe in your dreams and it was a dream of mine to like put this book to fruition like you can do it and like even if it's not going to speak to every person it's going to speak to some people and I have had such wonderful early reviews of people who are saying I've done this program and it's helped me or like I'm starting to use it with my own patients like that has been like such a gratifying part of this process knowing that it has added value to some people's lives. Well, absolutely it has. Yeah. And it definitely added to ours. Added to ours. Yes. <laughs> it really hit home. So thank oh, you good. so much for joining us today and oh. for and congratulations on your book. Yeah. It's so good. Um, is there any kind of final piece of advice that is or your kind of favorite uh tool that you've used and that you've written about in your book that yeah. Well, I, you know, um, one of my biggest things is that like you really have to have a morning routine. It just like really sets you up. Right. And when I was in grad school and even after grad school for several years, like I was just that person who would like sleep until like the latest possible and then like almost like revel in like running amok, like to get ready, you know? <laughs> I don't do that now. I love waking up like three hours before I have anything real to do because then I can like do my morning reflection, whether that's like journaling or like doing a spiritual reading or like whatever you want to do to like sort of settle your mind in the beginning and then like making coffee. Like that's such a ritual for me. It's like a mindfulness ritual. I like take my time. I have my coffee and then I go for a run. Like I do all this stuff before so that like the rest of the day feels more organized in my head. And so that's something that I just encourage everybody to do. So whether your morning reflection is like reading a couple pages of this book or like checking in with like something that's really important to you or like, you know, do something that slows your thought process down. Because sometimes we get up in the morning, we're like, (gasps) and then like already our heads are like filled with all of the things we have to do. But your day is going to go so much smoother if you like take a little bit more time in the morning. And I'm not a morning person, but I've like forced myself to do this so that I can actually feel better for the rest of the day. And then I think my last thing is just, you know, there's a lot of free resources on my website. So definitely check out like the quizzes available on my website. There's the values cards and like other exercises that are available. And um, if anybody's interested, then your listeners can just go to drjudyho.com backslash stop self-sabotage activities. And like there's a bunch of free resources there. And And we'll uh, have that in the show notes too, guys. So you can click right on it. Awesome. And all of our listeners can follow you at Dr. Judy Ho. Yes, they can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and I also have a Facebook page. And um, I do read all of my own comments. And so um, that's actually more effective than DMs. Like I'll be able to respond much quicker if you just comment at any of my posts. Um, And if you have a question, then like, let me know and I'll try my best to answer it. There you have it, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and impacting our lives and really helping us along the way. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. So, Candice, now that we've talked to Dr. Judy Ho about this, what are you going to do next time you have to write a paper (laughs) for a magazine or you have to do something? And are you going to maybe order Postmates? (laughs) I will definitely order Postmates. Um, Always. Uh, No, I, I... really need to start putting pen to paper. We've talked about this on this podcast so much. How many times for our listeners, (laughs) 
you could count um, that I've talked about just needing to journal and wanting to journal and wanting to kind of write down my thoughts and hearing even Dr. Judy say that like there's the science behind it. It was nice to also hear the scientific side of that. Um, So I think that I do need to not necessarily journal, but just write down my thoughts, write down my goals, write down like small goals. And I really, really loved um, reading about uh, why it's important to interweave your values within your goal setting. Mm -hmm. And that is something because that's something I think when I go to bed at night, if I've had a rough day, I can always I always try to then go through like the values. Well, 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 was there a moment where I felt like I connected with someone else? Is there a moment where maybe I made someone else's day a little bit better? What are your values that you want? Because, and I'm really asking this, I realized after reading this book that I may not know exactly what my values are in in the sense of a specific word that I can tune into at the end of the day that I can reconnect with and go, no, but I want to realign my values with this. Do you have, what are yours? I think um, a family, like being an important member, an active member of my family, um, and I, I like if I can go to bed knowing that I have participated in being an active member of my family throughout that day, even if it's just a small moment of making someone stay better or like helping, um, that usually makes me feel good. Um, did I connect with a different person that day? Like even if it's just a small, you know, shout out to Jenny at Starbucks, you know, <laughs> yeah. but just a small conversation with someone else that I usually wouldn't interact with. Um, usually did I make some time for myself? Is there something that I did that I enjoyed that like kind of opened myself creatively or even, um, taking a walk or just taking a quiet moment? And that's usually again, something that I don't really, um, make time for Make time for. Yeah. It's, it usually comes down to like, do I feel like I w- did, did my best? Mm-hmm. Like, was I a good person mm-hmm. today? Yeah, that's great. And, and not every day do, by the way, do I win at that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have bad days as well, but what about, um, what areas do you think in your life, this book has kind of opened your eyes a little bit more? Well, of? it really resonated with me when she said that, um, honesty was something that she, it was a value that, um, she lived by because I, that felt like, oh no, that, that fits, that really fits. And sometimes I think I may, tell people what they want to hear instead of being honest. Um, and nowadays, especially with, I don't know, I just feel like so much is on, you're you're DMing someone back and then you're texting and then you're emailing and you're, there's so much response that I'm just kind of phoning it in instead of really taking the time to sit down and like have a conversation with someone. Um, but I feel like I m- know myself more and I know that I struggle with concept of self. I had no idea. But after I took her tests, I really realized, okay, you know what? I'm going to believe this. This is what I'm struggling with. So now I'm going to actively try to um, change that. And it's, 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 I'm not going to lie. It feels all, it feels a little bit confrontive for me to go, okay, this is, this is what I have to change. Um, And it feels like a tall order, but I think it's doable. I've been trying to do that more too. Like seeing there, just having an understanding that you don't have to be everybody's best friend and you can respect everyone without liking everyone and vice versa. Like there's going to be people that just don't like you and that's okay. But hopefully, but they should respect you because um, obviously there are different personality types. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just trying not to, I, I've found myself before, like what you're saying, like trying to do the dance and be in, and, you know, try to hold the conversation that I really don't want to be having. And there's no reason to be doing this like back and forth and put on this fake smile and say things out of my mouth that don't feel natural just because I'm trying to like 
connect connect with someone that it, that we there's not really any reason for us to connect. So I've been trying to just be better at saying like great to see you and moving on, you know, keeping those healthy boundaries. So it's like, I don't want to sit there and just bullshit someone to their face. I'd rather be respectful and, and just move on from the conversation. And I think I'm going to utilize the phone a friend, Candice. So get ready. <laughs> because honestly, it is true. It's so much easier to give. So if you're if you're not going through the experience, you can absolutely give someone great advice. But for some reason, when it's us that's going through it, we're, we're, t- we're too stuck in it to give ourselves the advice we need. Yeah. So that's a really nice takeaway as well. I mean, there's so many. There's so many. You guys got to pick up this book. If you guys go to our social media, you guys can swipe up. We'll make sure that it's also in the notes section. Mm -hmm. It's Dr. Judy Ho, Stop Self-Sabotage, Six Steps to Unlock Your True Motivation, Harness Your Willpower, and Get Out of Your Own Way. Because that's all... That's some really great advice. And Mm -hmm. we're all just trying to get out of our own way, dream big, and uh, accomplish the small steps of goals in between. I love it. Let's just do our best. So check it out, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. As the creators of Clean Beauty, Bare Minerals is driven by a philosophy that makeup and skincare should make your skin better, not just better looking. That's why their best-selling original foundation is made with only five ingredients. All minerals. For Bare Minerals to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance. Upgrade to clean beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. First-time customers will get 15% off when you use the promo code CHALLENGED. Bare Minerals, the power of good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.